Father, I just want to pray your great blessing to be upon us as we come to your word, your glorious word. Pray again that you will take faltering hands to communicate with the deaf, stumbling lips, Lord, to communicate with the hearing, Lord, that you use vessels for your honor, Lord, we pray. That men would not see the vessel, but they will see the treasure, oh God. Oh, the treasure is Christ. And they might see him this morning. But it can only happen if your spirit come in abundance, oh God. So we pray that your Holy Spirit will move, not only upon the speaker and the signer, but upon the hearer, Lord, and the listener, that everyone will partake of the one glorious spirit of the living God. Oh God Almighty, we pray that you might speak today. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week, those of you who were here last week realized that I was, I was speaking on Joseph. But um, this morning, I'm going to be speaking on Joseph's wife, Mary. And it's um, sad that 1.2 billion Catholics in our world, that's how many Catholics there are, 1.2 billion Catholics worship Mary. And they're sad that millions of people, they pray to Mary. They see Mary in visions and they speak with Mary and Mary speaks with them. That's sad. But the other extreme that we have, the other extreme is that often Christians forget who Mary is and give her no place and no importance within the scriptures. So we have two extremes. One extreme where 1.2 billion people are praying to Mary and speaking about Mary and focusing upon Mary. That's one extreme that we have. Another extreme is that people completely ignore her. Well, the Bible doesn't go to either extremes. And so, under three headings, I want to look at this woman this morning. The first thing I want to say about Mary is honor. As we have read the scriptures together, we, we read that God sends his angel Gabriel, and God says to Gabriel, I want you to speak to Mary, and I want you to say these words. And so the angel Gabriel goes to Mary, and he speaks to her, and he says to Mary, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. You who are highly favored, meaning that God looked upon Mary and he directed his love upon her. He directed his kindness upon her and he looked at Mary and said to her, you are highly favored. As I was preparing this, I asked myself, why? Why is Mary highly favored? Why does this woman have the love of God directed to her? Why has this woman have the kindness of God directed to her? Why is she highly favored? And as I thought about that myself, I, my mind turned to the Old Testament to find someone else who was highly favored. A man called Daniel. 
you read him in the Old Testament, the Bible says, Daniel, this is the angel speaking to Daniel, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed. And as I was thinking about Daniel, I remembered that when Daniel was first captured in Jerusalem, or in Israel, he was taken from there and he was brought to the Babylonian Empire as a slave. He was, he became a, a eunuch. I won't go into details about that, but that's what happened to him. And he was brought into a foreign land and a foreign kingdom. And the king there, a king called Nebuchadnezzar, he turned around and he assigned to them a daily amount of food and wine. Gave them what they wanted to eat. But Daniel turned around and said, that food has been offered up to idols. That food that has been offered on the table has been offered up to other gods. I can't eat it. I'm a God-fearing Jew and I can't touch that food. And the Bible says that Daniel turned around and resolved not to defile himself with the royal food. But someone will turn around and say, but hold on, Daniel. Are you serious? Do you know what you're turning down? You're turning down some rump steak, Daniel. Daniel, do you know what you're turning down? You're turning down some fat, juicy, spiced up chicken breasts, Daniel. Daniel, do you know what you're turning down? Daniel, you're turning down some curry goat. You're turning down some spiced lamb, Daniel. Daniel, do you know what you're turning down? You can have red wine and white wine, vintage or fresh. Daniel, do you know what you are turning down? Daniel will turn around and say, no, man, I'm putting God first. I'm putting God first in this small thing. But then a bigger thing took place. Because King Nebuchadnezzar, he turned around and said, one day I want everyone to stop praying to their gods. I want everyone to pray to me. Everyone, when you hear the sound of any music, bow down and pray to me. But what did Daniel do? We read this. That when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room with the windows open towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. The king said, if you don't pray to me, you'll go thrown into the lion's den. But Daniel said, I'm going to put God first. I'm going to seek his faith. I don't care about the king's command. I don't care about the king's decree. I don't care about the lion's den. I'm going to put God first. And that's why we read these words, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. And so when I look at Mary, that same attitude that was in Daniel's heart was in Mary's heart as well. The same thing that was upon Daniel, that Daniel wanted to put God first. Mary also had the same commitment because when the angel told her that she was going to have a baby as a virgin, she said, what? I love Joseph. I love 
if he finds out, he's going he's to divorce me. What? The community that I live in, they all know that I'm unmarried. What? But she turned around and she said these words. I am the Lord's servant. May it be, may your word to me be fulfilled. I'm putting you first, oh God. I'm putting you first. Now, my dear friends, some people want you to believe that only Mary can be highly favoured. But God wants you to know this morning that you too can be like her. God wants you to know this morning that you too can be highly favoured by putting God first. You know, once upon a time, years ago, you know, men used to go around and um, open the doors for their wives. They go to a restaurant and they open the door for their wife and their wife goes in first. Or, or, or they park up at a shop and they jump out of the car and run around to the other door and they open the door for their wife to come out. Because they, they love their wives and they want to put their wives first. I still do that sometimes. Don't I? <laughs> I knew she would say no. Um, and, and open the door and they allow their, their wife to come out first. I don't know what's happened now in our day and age. I think um, some of the women are like men now, you know. I can open up my own door. Don't come around and open up no door for me. Some of the men are tired of running around cars. I don't know what's, what's happened now, but it seems to me that back in the day, men put the woman first. Why? Because they want to say, I love you. I honor you. You come before me. And I want to say to you this morning, that is the same attitude that we shall have to God. Oh God, I put you before me. Oh God, you go ahead of me. Oh God, I want to be able to say, not my will, but your will be done. And in that way, you and I will hear from God, you are highly favoured. That man is highly favoured. That woman I esteem highly. That family who put me before anything else, I love that family. I highly esteem that family. It's not Mary only that can have the honour. You are highly favoured. You, this morning, can have the honour of being highly favoured of God. Because you're saying, Lord, you come first. You come first. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that Daniel put the Lord first. He didn't end up in the lions then. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that Mary put God first and she became pregnant in her community. And yes, Joseph was going to divorce her. I'm not saying it was easy, but it's a true way of knowing that God himself has a favor upon you, looks upon you and esteems you highly because you put God before yourself. Honor. <coughs> Let's move on to the second thing I want to say about Mary. Oh, that first, which I should have just Throw in there, it's beautiful first, but seek first the kingdom of God. Let's go to Savior. Savior. The 
second thing I want you to see about this wonderful servant of God is found in her song. We have already seen that Mary calls herself the Lord's servant. Let me put that verse back up there again for you. I am the Lord's servant. You know, it's a wonderful thing that is, but the word there, I am the Lord's servant, that word servant in Greek actually says doulos. I am the Lord's doulos in Greek. That word doulos doesn't really mean servant. That word doulos actually means slave. I am the Lord's slave. In other words, I belong and I am owned by God. Do you ever see yourself as somebody who's owned by God? You know, we all know that God owns everything. Every cattle on every hill belongs to the Lord. Every mountain and every sea belongs to the Lord. Do you know that you also belong to the Lord? And Mary turns around and he says, I am owned by God. I submit to God. I belong to him. My body is his. If he wants to overshadow me, if he wants to put his spirit upon me, then my body belongs to him. May I just say that the Bible has a lot to say about that, about you and me, about your body. Look at 1 Corinthians. It says this, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it said, the two will become one. What the apostle is saying is that your body belongs to God. And you cannot take your body and use it in a sexually wrong way. You cannot take your body and unite it to a prostitute. You cannot take your body and unite it to a same-sex relationship. You cannot take your body and use it sexually wrongly. Because it's not your body. It belongs to the Lord. And so he goes on to say these words. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. What price was you bought with? Not with silver, not with gold. The Bible says you were bought with the precious, precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so Mary turns around and says to God, God, I am your slave. I am your bondmaiden. I am yours. You own me. Do what you want with this body. I want to tell you, not only does God own the bank account, not only does God own your cars and your house, but he owns your very body. And if we begin to understand that, we would not unite ourselves in sexually misconduct because our body belongs to God. I'm preaching this morning. And so Mary has this. She turns around and she says, Lord, my body is yours. Do what you want with it, oh God. 
And then she breaks out into song. And she says, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He turns around and Mary turns around and says, you know, God is my Savior. You know, millions of people do not know this. Millions of Catholics do not know this. That Mary turns around and says, I need saving. I am a sinner. I am born in sin and I will die in sin and I need God to be my saviour. And so she breaks out in song and she glorifies the Lord and she says, God, you are my saviour. You know what Paul says? Paul writes and he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to bring salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew. Here's Mary, a nice Jewish girl. Here's Mary who hasn't slept around with men. Here is Mary who has a heart for God. And now she discovers that she needs a savior. She needs a savior. She needs someone to save her from sin. She needs someone to save her from hell. She needs someone to save her from the wrath of God. She says, God, you are my savior. But not only has salvation for the Jews, but it's also for me and you, the Gentiles. And you and I, my dear friends, you and I, we need saving from our sin. We need saving from the wrath of God. We need saving from the fires of hell. We need a savior this morning. You know, six years ago, there was, in Chile, there was a uh, 33 miners in Chile that were stuck in the mines. Do you know how many days it took to get them out? 69 days to get these miners out from deep into the ground, and they had to use sophisticated, powerful tools to get down into the ground and to create another shaft in order to lift these men out from death, certain death. It took sophisticated, powerful tools. I want to tell you this morning, the gospel is God's sophisticated tool. I want to tell you this morning, the gospel is God's only tool that will reach down into the depth like those chilly miners who was down there and was going to die if no one rescued them. The gospel comes down and rescues men and women and bring them out into glorious light. Praise be to God. The gospel is the power of God that brings salvation. Mary sings out and she says, I rejoice in God my Savior. Oh, surely I need a Savior. People, 1.2 billion people will say, no, Mary, you don't need a Savior. Mary said, no, no, listen to my song. God, he is my Savior. I need him. I need him this morning. Let me finish off this sermon. Honor 
Savior. And let me finish off this message with power. Years went by. And Mary, Mary's no, no longer a virgin. She has other children by her husband, Joseph. They were the half-brothers of Jesus and sisters as well. Some people don't know this, but that's true. Let me just prove it to you from the Bible. I don't want you just to go away on my words. Look at the words in the Bible from Matthew. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? So from that verse, you know that Mary didn't remain a virgin. She enjoyed a sexual reunion with her husband. And through that sexual union, she gave birth to her sons. So she wasn't always a remain a virgin. Some people don't know that. They think that Mary was a virgin and never ever had sex with her husband at all. That is rubbish. The scriptures tell us very clearly that she had other children. And so time came. Years went by that Mary was at a wedding with her family. And the Bible says that at this wedding with her family, something that should never happen in a wedding. I'm not a big drinker myself. I don't drink at all, actually. But some of you know that if you run out of booze, everybody gets quite miserable. So um, that's what took place at this wedding because here we have the, wind, the wine. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Now, Jesus' reply is very, very interesting. And if you don't know it, you will just move over and not understand it. But his reply is very, very insightful. This is what he said to his mother, when Mary says, listen, the wine is all gone, the guest is going to get upset about it, and she comes to him and says, Jesus, they've ran out of wine. Listen to his reply. He says this, woman. Wasn't being rude, really, but that's how they spoke to their mums back then. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. What did he mean? I'll tell you what he means. He knows that in three years' time, he will be using the wine as a symbol of his death. You and I both know that because we have communion here twice a month. He was using the wine as a symbol that in three years' time, I'm going to sit with my disciples and I'm going to break bread with them and I'm going to pour the wine with them and I'm going to say, this wine is the new covenant in my blood. I'm going to the cross. In three years' time, mum, I'm going to the cross and I'm going to have nails nailed onto my hands and on my feet and blood is going to pour from the side of my body. And that blood is going to be symbolized by the wine that we talk about. Can I just say that that experience on the cross 
that bleeding saviour, that dying saviour, that saviour had nails upon his hands and on his feet, that saviour was doing that dying for you at Golding's Church this morning. In fact, anyone who hears my voice anywhere around the globe, that dying, bleeding saviour was done for you this morning. Praise God. And so he turns around and he says to her, why do you inform me? My time has not yet come. But then Mary says something wonderful. Mary speaks up. Mary says something incredible. Do you know what Mary says? Mary turns around and she says this. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Do whatever he tells you to do. See, Mary had a revelation. Mary had an understanding. Mary knew that she was impotent. Mary knew that she had no power, that she had no authority, that she couldn't fix anything. So she turns around to the servants and says to them, listen, do whatever he tells you to do. Because I want you to know, this one, not me, but this one has authority. Not me, but this one has power. So therefore, don't look to me, but do what he tells you to do. And Jesus would turn around and he says to his disciples on one occasion, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth is given not to Mary, not to my birth mother. No, 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 no. All authority is given to me. It's given to me. When Jesus was up on the mountain with the disciples, God spoke. And when God spoke, the men on the mountain heard the voice from heaven. Do you know what God said? When God spoke on that mountain, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. We live in a day when there's so many voices. Everybody's saying something. We go to our news and we hear about Brexit or not Brexit, leave Europe or not leave Europe. We're going around and we hear about so many different opinions. Some say God's dead, others say God is not dead. Some say that this is the right religion, others say this is the wrong religion. So many opinions. But I want to say this morning, God says, forget the opinions of men. This is my son. Listen to him. And when he stands up and he speaks, Jesus turns around and he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. I'm speaking to you this morning, says Christ. I'm speaking to you. You don't need me, Jerry Sandy, to go into a trance and pretend that I'm speaking. God is already speaking in his word. And he says to you this morning, I am the way. 
And I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He stands up and he says to people, come to me, all you who are weary. All you who are heavy laden. All you with your problems and your stresses and your troubles. All you who are heavy laden, come to me, says Christ. And I will give you rest. Who are you listening to this morning? To this morning? People out there, they have their many voices. People out there are running around trying to pick up deals and, and, and stuff. But who are you listening to this morning? My prayer is that you will be highly favoured this morning. My prayer will be, I'm not going to let Mary run ahead of me. I'm not going to let Daniel go before me. They were lovely people in the Bible. But I can be just like them. I can go and I can put God before myself. I can be highly esteemed. Why? Because I'm putting his kingdom first before my kingdom. My dear friends, as I close this message, the question is, who are you listening to this morning? Jesus will say, I am the way the truth and the life. No man, no man gets to heaven. No woman gets to see the Father. No person has access to the heavenly kingdom except through me. Mary was a wonderful servant of Christ. Mary was an obedient servant of Christ. And I praise God that by looking closely at her life, we can turn around and say, Mary, I want to be like you. I want to trust in God, my Savior, and glorify him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you with all my heart, Lord. That you are still looking for men and women that you can say are highly favoured. You haven't finished with Daniel. You haven't finished with Mary. But you're still looking for men and women who you can say they are putting me first. They love me first. They want my kingdom more than their kingdom. I'm looking for men and women like that. Lord, I pray that this morning your spirit will put it in our hearts to be that man. Your spirit will put it into our hearts to be that woman. That we might be the people, oh God, that turn around and say, not the world's opinion. No, I'm not interested in the world's opinion. I want to hear from God. Oh Lord, do a work. I know it's not easy for many of us, Lord. The flesh sometimes cries out for attention. It's not easy, oh God. But oh God, I pray, do a work powerfully, wonderfully in our hearts. And draw us out to follow you. And I pray this 
in Jesus' name. Amen.